Hello and welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. Thanks very much for joining us on this one. I am looking forward to it. I have Alexa Regiman. She is Director of Sales Training at Compass Group North America. She lives in Chicago, but she's not there today. She is in North Carolina quarantining. Alexa, welcome. Hi, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you very much for allocating the time. Say hi to everybody and provide a quick intro. Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. As Paul said, I'm Alexa Regimen, Director of Sales Training. Um, Compass Group North America, or Compass Group in general, is the world's leading and largest food service and support services provider. We are a family of great companies building experiences for all of our customers. Um, we serve award-winning restaurants, corporate cafes, hospitals, museums, schools, arenas, you name it. I always say we are the largest company that you've never heard of, but you've most certainly tasted our delicious food if you've ever been hungry and away from home. I started with Compass Group pretty much exactly one year ago today. Every day is different. I'm extremely happy in my role. Um, it allows me to motivate people and to be part of their growth, which I find extremely rewarding. Well, happy. I'm originally, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm originally from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I've also lived in places like London, Dallas, and now Chicago. But as you said, I've been in Raleigh since mid-March. Well, I was going to say happy anniversary to you. One year to the day. Uh, that, Pretty that's, much. that's fantastic. Uh, and so talk to me about um, how have you been doing over the last uh, 60 to 90 days? If you're not at home, we're going through this as a world together right now, mm -hmm. has a major impact on all of us. And so uh, how are you personally? How's your family? How's the company? Uh, talk to me about how you're handling COVID. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, it is really a crazy time that we're in right now. I do, I do want to acknowledge that. And I want to say that for anyone who has been affected by the virus or the various other you know, sad things that are happening in our world right now, I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine what you're going through, but I know that if we band together, we will get through this. And I'm confident that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, my family were doing well, they own a small business, so definitely times have been a little tough for them, but we're all getting through it. And within my role, we've actually ramped up the trainings that we're offering to make sure that we're staying relevant and that we're providing content that is appropriate for our sales organization to use, um, whether it's through their virtual meetings mm. or as we start, slowly start to reopen some of the states as they're going face to face with clients and prospects. We want to make sure that we're arming them with again, things that are relevant during the time that we're in. So a lot of the trainings have been specifically focused on selling in a financial crisis and yeah. selling during a global pandemic. In the last 90 days, we have done, between myself and one other sales trainer, we've done over 100 virtual training sessions. So we're all pivoting, we're all adapting to the uncertain times and trying our best to remain positive and optimistic while we can, as, as much as we can. Well, you know, I respect your, your outlook on that positivity and, uh, and you know, trying to be optimistic about this. And I, mm -hmm. I really, really respect your comment about uh, acknowledging those that have been directly impacted because, you know, as you and I were talking about before, you know, I'd mentioned my wife's a nurse and so we're managing yeah. this as well. But 
my problems and sounds like even your problems, like they're first world problems. Like we haven't been hit by this. I'm still able to earn. I'm still working. My wife is safe right now. Kids are Mm -hmm. fine and we haven't lost anybody. I haven't had to lay anybody off. And so I think, okay, let's just grin and bear it and, uh, you know, and and try and figure it out. And so with that said, um, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. As I said to you, the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters. Nothing is really given to any of us, and most of us have a meandering path, and most of us who get into sales, and in particular sales enablement, didn't really think we'd be doing this, and so there's some stories in there as to how we got there. So if you're ready to go, uh, let's get at it. Sure, let's do it. All right, here we go. Let's go back. 2012, 2011, 2012 range, University of North Carolina at Wilmington. You are heading down a path of communication and journalism. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk to me about what did you think you'd be doing in uh, eight years later here in 2020? Um, well, to be honest with you, you I have, actually... Did you have visions of like recording the CBS News and like having the being the anchor in New York? E-News. I wanted to be an E-News personality. I, Juliana Rancic was my kind of role model at the time. <laughs> um, but I started out as a marine biology major. I thought oh. I wanted to save the sea animals. Um, But I jumped around a whole lot before I actually landed on communications and journalism. So I also did psychology because I thought I wanted to help people. And then I switched to marketing because I thought I wanted to, you know, do do branding and um, help people sell stuff um, by making it look pretty. And then I was like, you know what? I actually don't exactly know what I want to do. Maybe I want to be an e-news personality, which is when I ended up switching. Um, But there were quite a few changes obviously, as I just mentioned, leading up to that. Um, but that was kind of where my mind was at and pie in the sky role that I wanted. Got it. Okay, so 2012, roughly, uh, the world was, you know, past kind of the mortgage crisis of 2007, eight, and nine, but still, you know, we're still kind of recovering from it. So did you actually get into a career in that field at all? No, I went straight into graduate school. Oh, you did? Okay. I went straight into getting my master's degree. In, in broadcast journalism? In broadcast journalism. Sounds that's when right. I packed my bags and moved to London, England and went to the University of Westminster. Man, that must have been a cool experience for you. Honestly, probably the best time of my life for many reasons. And so, okay, so was that a one-year program or a two-year program? I did a one-year program. Um we had a lot of time to kind of explore. So I was able to do, you know, Euro trips and backpack all around. And, you know, at this point, I think I've been to something like 50 countries. And a lot of that is because I was abroad and able to travel for cheap. So um, I got my master's education, but I learned so much more and got so much more out of it than just that. So you come back to the US, you've now finished your 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 education for the most part in terms of formal education you have your you have your bachelor's you have your master's Mm -hmm. and now what and now i have absolutely no idea what i want to do um so i started doing an internship for yelp which you'll probably see on my linkedin what you won't see on my linkedin is that i was also a sales associate full-time for a very large Um, upscale department store. So I was essentially doing those things hand in hand, still didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be an e-news personality, but I knew that was not going to be an easy venture. Mm. Um, So I was 
selling clothing. And every morning we would do kind of a morning huddle and they would announce the top 10 sellers of the store. And I was consistently falling into the, the list of the top 10, but it, I still didn't realize at that point that I wanted to go into sales. It just seemed to be something I had a knack for. Um, but pretty much right at the six month mark of my internship ending, I got a call from a very large financial investment firm that said, we're hiring customer service reps. Um, how, how do you feel about doing customer service? Well, at this point, I'm living with my parents again. They're begging me to get a job. Sign so me like, up. Okay, sure, sign me up. I'll do customer service. <laughs> um, so that was where I ended up after grad school six months later. So it took me a while to fully start a professional career, um, you know, longer than most people probably would have imagined. But I'm so glad that it worked out the way that it did, which is why I'm sitting right here talking to you, Paul. Yeah, uh, and it, it usually does work out in the end on both sides, no matter what. But, uh, you know, in your retail career, do I dare ask what your go to product was? What was the one that got you into the top 10 consistently? So I sold denim and it was called TBD was the department. So I was selling like designer jeans. And um, so that was, that was my kind of where I found my niche. I would see, you know, women walk up and I'd immediately walk up to them and start trying to pitch them the denim. Uh, and it seemed to work out pretty well and the economy was pretty good. So yeah. um, that's kind of how I started out realizing that, all right, selling seems to be something that's good for me. I all enjoy right. it. All right. So, so you leave the retail space, you move into customer service formally and uh, looking at your face, it's this, yeah. thing, this is an audio session, but I can see you video as we're recording uh, this. Uh, clearly not for you. So you know how everyone always says there's certain fields you should work in just so you gain certain life experiences like the restaurant industry, retail, customer service. Um, I've done all three of those things. And I have to say, I wholeheartedly agree, not because I enjoyed it, but because you learn how to get thick skin very quickly because people treat you horribly um, and you learn to be empathetic. I think I grew up much quicker because I started realizing that I need to be able to put myself in other people's shoes. Mm. So because I've been on the other side of people that are angry and frustrated, it just makes me think twice now before I ever get angry and frustrated. Um, and I do think that that has contributed also in my career and success within sales and sales enablement, because I can walk in other people's shoes, even if I have absolutely nothing in common with them. Um, and I think that's been such an important lesson to learn. So I'm glad I did it. I didn't enjoy it, but it taught me a lot. And it made me grow up quicker than most people probably have. And uh, when did you finally make the shift into a formal sales role outside of retail? So I was working very, very hard. I was wearing a lot of hats, managing a lot of different projects as a customer service rep. Half of my work week was dedicated to training the incoming customer service representatives. So I started training them 20 hours a week. And I realized I'm working so hard and I'm really not making that much money, unfortunately. And I knew that in sales, if you work hard, you, you reap the benefits. So that's when I joined the dark side and decided to move into sales. I, um, I had a friend or wasn't even a friend. It was an acquaintance who's now a friend uh -huh. working for Groupon. 
And she said, yeah, I'm happy to refer you. No problem. You know, it's cold calling sales. You get hung up and kind of cussed out a lot. But if you don't mind that, um, it's pretty good money. And there's a lot of flexibility, good work-life balance, unlimited time off. I was sold. Um, so interviewed with Groupon, got the job. I was living in Dallas, Texas at the time. My um, customer service career had moved me to Dallas. They said, are you open to moving to Chicago? I said, heck yes, packed my bags. And next thing I know, I'm on a plane moving to Chicago in the winter, four and a half years ago. Well done. Thanks. It was a cold one. You know, I've been to Chicago and, you know, and I live in Toronto. And so Toronto can get some real doozies. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But Chicago being right on the lake as well, there's no picnic uh, on, on a cold Ooh. January day. So, okay. So you make the move to Groupon. And you move into what I would consider to be probably the most difficult sales role out there, and that is the BDR role, the, the the prospecting role, the hunting role, the one that has to kind of create opportunities. Not as we were talking about before I hit record. Not that it's easy once you're in, but right. it's harder to get in the door. And so early on, um, did you like it? Or were you like cringing? Like, did you hate it? What What was your thought on a, a, a being a sales professional overall? So I had never gone through this type of selling before, where it was literally picking up the phone, cold calling. And, you know, this was in 20, 2016. So Groupon had been a while around for a while. Um, so you were dealing with a lot of, you know, people that were potentially disgruntled about past campaigns they had run. Um, you know, they weren't necessarily interested in talking to me. So it, it was tough. The first I would say month that I was there, I was actually miserable. I hated being hung up on. I hated, you know, all the failures of calling people and either they hang up on you or they have mean things to say. Um, but after about a month, it's really weird. I just suddenly started getting into a groove. I don't know if it's like something clicked in my head that was like, because Groupon, the way that it worked, you had to close a certain number of contracts in a certain period of time. Otherwise you were let go on the spot you had 12 weeks. So I'm like four weeks in and I haven't closed anything. And then eight weeks in, I still haven't closed anything. And I'm like, I literally have four weeks left or I'm out of here. So I think, so maybe it was more like two months in, something just clicked and I said, you know what? If I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna give it my all. I just moved to Chicago. The least I can do is make sure that I'm not getting upset because somebody hung up the phone on me. So, between weeks eight and 12, I ended up closing more contracts out of anybody on my team and graduating the program earlier than about 50% of the people that were on my team, all in the span of four weeks. Um, and as soon as I had that shift in mindset, I realized that the sky is the limit. And I never took those hangups and those, you know, people with angry things to say at me to heart from that point forward. I, I became pretty fearless, to be honest. And that's why I found success as a seller. So I ended up closing kind of one big deal, which gave me a name within the company. Um, you know, people were starting to know who I was at this point. And I was about 10 months into being a business development representative and the sales training manager who is still my mentor to this day, he walked up to me and he said, you know, you're pretty good at selling and you actually use the sales process. We use the Sandler methodology at Groupon. Um, and I was literally one of the very few sellers that followed it to a T. 
So he said, how would you feel about teaching people how to sell? And I thought, it wasn't necessarily anything I thought I'd ever get into, but I'm open to trying it out. If you think that I'd be good at it, and I really respected him, I still do. I said, if you think that it's something I'd be good at, I'm willing to give it a try. I interviewed, fast forward a month later, you know, I'm almost a year into being a seller and I'm now teaching people how to sell. Um, you know, people that are fresh out of college that have 12 weeks to close a certain number of contracts in order to not be let go on the spot. So it, I don't think I knew exactly what I was getting into. It's a lot of heightened emotions when you're dealing with that, situ those kinds of situations. But um, that's how I went from sales to sales training. Well, that's a pretty, that's a pretty incredible story in, in particular, uh, how quickly that happened. Because in a lot of cases, and I, I think back to my career at Xerox, where I worked there for about a decade, and I started off as a territory sales rep. I then moved into management, which I was terrible at. And then, and then um, my uh, trainer at Xerox approached me and said, hey, well, there's an opening coming up in the um, learning and development division for national sales instructor. Um, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, what do I think? I'd love to, I'd love to, because I hated being a manager. I was just terrible at it. <laughs> and, and so I raised my hand and she walked me through the process. Uh, and it, it's the best job in the world, uh, being a trainer of somebody. And if you have the, the, the fun doing it and you have a skill set behind it and you have a great program to offer, it's so rewarding to get feedback after the fact. And thank you so much for everything you did for me. And so it's just amazing. But for you to do it in really, your first 18 months, call it even less, uh, mm. is incredible. So congrats on being able to create that because it doesn't usually happen that quickly. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And so, okay, so you're at Groupon. Um, why aren't you there anymore? What, what was the story behind um, why you left if you're going down a path where things are good? So just like everybody within their career, they have some sort of career progression that they're looking to attain. Um, funny enough, Paul, that my next step was to be a sales manager, the way that it was kind of set up. Um, it, it's hard to explain, but it was essentially a progression. And for me, the next logical step that made sense was to become a sales manager. Um, and I had, I had, re I really at least felt like I'd proven myself within the company as a sales trainer. We closed a record number of contracts the year that I was a sales trainer. Um, the graduation rate significantly spiked higher than it ever had before. So I really thought, you know, th this was my role. I was the one that was going to be up for a sales manager role. Um, and, you know, next thing I know, I got passed up for the opportunity by someone who technically on paper was less qualified than me. Mm. And, you know, I was, it, it was a really, really tough time for me. I don't even know if I can put into words how gutted I felt about it because I was so sure that that it I was ready for it. I was right. so sure that it was mine. But I I thought, okay, I can either stick this out and wait till I progress to this next role, which I had no idea when that might be. They literally couldn't give me even any sort of timeline. Or I can move up the corporate ladder somewhere else. Mm. So that's what I did. I decided I'm going to try something new. Um, and I started applying for roles. And then I ended up, I was between two companies. 
one company that had no sales training program whatsoever, no sales trainers whatsoever. They needed someone to come in and build out a sales training program for them and be the trainer. The other company was, you know, a large well-known company that I would have been another one of maybe, you know, 15 sales trainers. Keep in mind, I had one year of sales training experience. Um, so the, the logical choice seemed to be the one where I'm going to be one of 15 sales trainers again. Um, compensation was actually higher as well with this role. But I kind of thought to myself, I have an opportunity to build out a training program. At, at the time, I was 27 years old. I was like, I have the opportunity to build this out. I have an opportunity to strengthen my resume and push myself and challenge myself. But if I fail, I know I'm the only one to blame. I can't, you know, point fingers at anyone else, but I'm going to do it. And if I fail at it, you know what? At least I can say I tried. And there was a quote, and I recently came across this quote, and it says something like, you know, if you get offered a once in a lifetime opportunity, even if you have no idea what you're doing and you're terrified, do it and figure it out day by day. Something along those lines. And I started to realize, I think that's kind of how I've been living my life is if I get an opportunity, no matter how scared I might be, if I stay within my comfort zone, you know, comfort zone's a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. So I wasn't afraid. If I failed, I failed. So what? Um, at least I'll never regret not trying. So I went for it. I took this opportunity to be the one and only sales trainer at this company and build out their program and did that for a year and a half before I ended up at this amazing company that I'm at today. So, um, you know, again, another opportunity for me to grow up faster than maybe most other people would have because I only had myself to rely on. I can even remember when I went through the interview process, the, the man that I was gonna be reporting to, my manager, he said, Full disclosure, no one at this company is a sales trainer. If you ask me a question, I'm most likely going to tell you, I don't know the answer. Are you okay with that? Yeah, uh, sure. You know, sure. Why not? Why not? Sure, so, why so, not? Sounds like a great environment to be in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I you know was walking into, but I knew it. And I was excited for the challenge. I was excited to push myself and to see how far I could take this sales training program from basically nothing to something. So off I went. Well, that's amazing that you were able to do that uh, in particular, because it wasn't really your choice to leave Groupon. It, it, I mean, it, yes, it was in that you raised your hand, started looking, but it was really because they chose to go in a different direction for something else that you were thinking, you know, I'm earmarked for that. I, that and then you're like, well, no, I'm going to do something else then. So circumstances deemed <clears throat> current state is not working for me anymore. So I'm going to do it. And then you find a way to create something uh, hopefully even better and, yeah. and has well rounded out your career. And so how did you get to uh, compass group? Did so, they find you? Did you find them? They did find me. So our chief growth officer, honestly, like one of the best people I've ever met. Um, he reached out to me on LinkedIn and <laughs> at the time, I, I think I was still, you know, maybe a year into this role. Um, and I, I, and I saw the message and I remember thinking, I've heard of this company. You know, I know it's the world's largest food provider. I know a lot about them, especially since I was kind of in that industry um, with Fuda. 
but I, I actually didn't respond immediately. And he always jokes about this. It took me a couple of months to respond. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? I want to build my network. Who am I to not potentially get or hear about another amazing opportunity that might be awaiting me? And especially because a lot of the roles I've had, I mean, you can see I had jumped around a little bit. I wanted to make sure that I found exactly where I'm meant to be. So a lot of these other companies were kind of stepping stones for me. Um, they were more of a journey as opposed to the destination. So I spoke with him very quickly into the conversation. We had a phone call. I knew he sounded like a really interesting guy. He was smart, um, very personable, very easy to get along with. He spoke about some of the amazing opportunities and some of the amazing things that Compass Group has done. And he told me about who I'd be reporting to. And he said, you know, if we come to Chicago, me and the person you'd be reporting to, would you be open to meeting? So fast forward, they fly to Chicago. I have dinner with them. Within 10 minutes of having dinner with them, I felt like I had known both of them for years and years. It was like, you know, sometimes you just meet someone and it's so comfortable and it's like, we might have just known each other for a minute, but I feel like I've known you for my whole life. Yeah. It was that kind of connection. And they told me about the opportunity. And honestly, Paul, it was just traveling, traveling all over, meeting people, expanding my network, touching the lives of, you know, so many people and being part of that growth and innovation. You know, they offered me the job that evening and I knew, I knew immediately that I was, this is it. This Getting is ready the to give your notice and you're on to the next one. Yep. And wow. this is like, and I finally felt like this is where I actually am meant to be for a long time. That's incredible. So, and and this, um, all in your 20s. All in my 20s. That is so cool. I, mean, I, I was trying to figure out how to move out of my, my mom's <laughs> house in my 20s, let alone moving across the country and having leadership roles. I mean, I didn't even know up from down back then. So congrats <laughs> on, on being able to create so much at such a young age. Um, by having the intention of doing it. Yeah, you know, and, and a big part of it, I know everyone's had, you know, things happen to them in their life. We all have stories that if we were to tell each other, it'd be like, oh my gosh, that happened to you. But I think I might have maybe some extra crazy things that have happened to me in my life that have just made me all the, you know, more fearless. Because mm. I literally feel like I've got nothing to lose. You know, life is so precious. Um and I, I have nothing to lose by giving these things a try. I don't want to stay complacent. Um, you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable and complacent, but that's not the life that I want. Right. So that's what's pushed me to do things that are very scary and things that I know I have a big chance of failing at, but I don't push away failure at all. I actually kind of welcome it. I think we're taught too often that mistakes and failures are a bad thing. But I'm lucky enough to have learned that mistakes and failures are just learning opportunities that get me closer to my end goal. Well, that that that's great. That's a great outlook on things, and it seems like it's serving you well. And um, congrats on everything you've been able to create up until this point. It's been amazing. Thanks, Paul. It's been it's really been an amazing journey as well. I must say, and you know, being somewhere where I feel like I have a platform to be heard and you know, my supervisor, my supervisor, supervisor genuinely cares about me and my progression. I can feel that. And all the people that I work with, I mean, 
you just feel all the goodness that's flooding out of their hearts. And I could not be more grateful to be where I am today, um, especially, you know, with everything that's happening. It's just made me all the more grateful. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, are, you back, <laughs> are, you, are you back with mom and dad for the last three months or, or what, what are you doing back home? So I was supposed to be going back to Chicago, actually, this weekend in, you know, three days. But because of the riots and I live right in the city, everything in my neighborhood is destroyed right now. So there's nothing to go back to. So I'm sorry that's not a lighter note, but that's what's happening. So, yes, I'll be in North Carolina for the foreseeable future. Well, yeah, I'm sure your parents must be thrilled to have you home. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Listen, I'll tell you something. I'm 46, and I think my I think if I told my mom, "Hey, mom, we, we want to buy a house and have you move in with us," she'd be probably do it tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> my parents are happy. I will say they've been. It's been really nice to be with them, yeah. to be with family during all this. Yeah, it makes you appreciate uh, things that maybe we took for granted. Uh, in a lot of circumstances, unfortunately. But if we if we look at that as a positive out of things, then uh, that's certainly one of them. Certainly for me and my family, that's for sure. Couldn't agree yeah. more. I mean, that's really all you can do is stay positive, right? Worrying never does anything. So yeah. I think that's great advice. Well, uh, Alexa, listen, I, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, let's wrap this one up. It's been great speaking with you. Thanks, Paul. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. I had fun. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for being here and everybody. Uh, thanks for your time. Remember that your intention matters. Because as, as I always say, that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll do it again next week. Be safe.